coming back for you. You didn't think to mention that before you sent me to kill her clones? For what? Yeah. Outside of Psychosect. I know what you really meant. Well, what are you talking about? Well, maybe you didn't say it explicitly, but it was clearly what you wanted me to do. I was trying to protect you. I know. But I also know what else you meant, too. Oh, come on, go back. She always means something else. Do you want to give me a straight answer for a change? Do you love me? It's not a complicated question. Everything about this is complicated. Yes or no, it's not simple at all. Why will you play games? Maybe I like games. Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Altered Carbon. Today we'll be covering the ninth episode from Altered Carbon titled Rage in Heaven. And I think I'm I'm realizing where that title came yeah. from after this episode. <laughs> I was just thinking that'd be like a great name for like a like a rock album. Like so we call it like Rave in Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great title. Think of the cover art for that. Yeah. That would be super cool. You could even draw inspiration from this episode from yeah. the uh, the location head in the clouds. That was kind of cool. Right, yeah. I mean, not not what they did, but like just oh. like the outside location was like, oh, that kind of need like this little floating island looking <laughs> place. <laughs> but yeah, that would be super cool. Well, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this one because man, oh man, did we get some information. In, in this episode, and I'm really anxious to talk about it. What about you? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. Cool. I'll start off this week um, with my number five and um, going to save some of the good stuff for later. So I'm just going to jump in where we start out, where we get Ortega, but not Ortega. Um, so I wanted to ask you first before I, I went into it, did you pick up right away that it wasn't really Ortega walking into the Raven um, or did it take you a minute or two? I was confused when she first walked in because I was like, ah, that just seems kind of like we didn't get like I actually almost stopped and went back to make sure I was watching this, the right episode because mm-hmm. I felt like I missed some kind of gap of time. And there's been shows. I, was it Alter Carbon that's done that to us the second time now? Where Yeah, where they were <laughs> probably you, you opened up with with Riker and you're like, this this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Like, I feel like I missed something. Yeah, where he was interrogating that one guy, and it was like, did I miss an episode? Did I, like, go too far into the episode? Did I start at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and that's – it's kind of the, the tropey of shows where they – at least this this show kind of does that to you. So when, when I saw her come in, I'm like, uh, like, something doesn't seem right. Like, something's thrown off my, like, you know, outside uh, – they call it I, – I forget what they call it when you're playing D&D, but – Metagaming. It was basically like my metagaming was going off where I'm kind of like Ooh. outside of the TV show, outside of the, the game. I'm like, uh, I, I know from all the, the you know, shows and stuff I've seen, something's not right here. Yep. And, you know, when, they're, when he was bathing her and stuff and she was kind of – it just didn't seem like she had the same kind of delivery of how she was talking. Right. And 
you, you know, I, and honestly, that's that's great for the actor, um, the the person who plays Ortega, because a lot of times, you know, there, there's, you know, sometimes I don't give actors the benefit of the doubt, um, or even TV shows the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. There's a show, Supernatural, and there's a scene. Um, spoilers, I won't give away too many details. This is way early, but. There's a spot where, like, whenever they kill an angel, you see their wings um, on the wall or wherever they died. Mm-hmm. And there was a scene where I saw this happen. I'm like, wait, there, there's no wings. And it's a CW show. Like, this is a Netflix show. So, like, oh, I, I bet they just messed up. Right. Just a goof. Yeah. You know, there, there's a mess up in the show. Like, somebody who was, you know, putting it together messed up here. And then something happens. You're like, oh, that was intentional. Then I feel kind of stupid that I didn't catch on to it or, or I didn't follow my gut instinct. But with this, when she was kind of like getting kind of delivery was different, and I was like, ah, this she seems a little bit more forward than what Ortega has been. Uh huh. And then I'm like, oh, like I, it triggered me, and I wrote a note. I said, this isn't Ortega, and it kind of gave me the creepy like Game of Thrones vibes. And I'm like, oh, that can't be a sister, right? Because she's being <laughs> a little. And sure enough, it was. It was his sister, and I was like, "Ah, oh. yeah." I well, I'm glad I'm you. You answered like exactly like how I would have too. I was, and I don't know why. I mean, we are in episode nine of a ten episode show, and you would think that with all of the. Um, people jumping into sleeves that aren't their own and people can re-sleeve here and, and go be up-sleeved here and just all these things back and forth. And you can never trust who these people really are that I did think it was suspicious at first because when we left Ortega, she had killed all of the clones that Ray had and then stumbled upon this little girl um, who she thought was genuinely a little girl and not, um, not Ray. And that was where we had left her. And then to see her stumbling in, I was like, well, what happened? What did I miss? Because, and that's why I'm like you, I'm like, did I miss something? Am I on the right episode? Questioning myself. And, and then I'm, I'm watching the right one in order. And I'm like, so what happened? Are we going to get a flashback or something? Cause they do like to do that sometimes how they kind of jump around in time a lot. And I thought, okay, we're going to get a flashback. And, but when she said, you know, uh, she, cause she was telling Kovach when she walked in, uh, cause he's like, where were you? You know, cause he, he had been trying to call her and she wasn't answering. And she said, I was killing your sister. Yeah. And I was like, well, Ray never identified herself when, when Ortega, when they were fighting in that battle, that last episode, you know, she asked her, she's like, who the hell are you? And she's like, I'm, I'm, she either said I'm nobody or I'm no one. I don't remember exactly, how, you know, verbatim. Um, but she never identified herself as her sister. So when she said that, I was like, did, did she identify herself as, I don't remember that. So I was like, okay, then I'm missing something. We're going to get a flashback. And then as he's, like you said, as he's bathing her, you started to pick up a little bit, like there's something a little bit different about Ortega. And then as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's not her. And she was acting like I said, it was so creepy. Cause even though she wasn't in her own sleeve, she was, had like this, she was acting very sensual. Yeah. Like with her. Yeah. She stood up in the body. It's like, oh, like, yeah. Don't make Ortega seem icky. I know. We love Ortega and she's great. And yeah, she's got a rockin' bod and she's hot and and beautiful, but um, just so super creepy to think that, I mean, yeah, it might not have been, you know, her body, Ray's body, but just the, just ick. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Get some Game of Thrones brother, sister stuff happening, happening here. I was not down with that. So that's my number five was that, you know, we get more of this, you know, you can't trust anybody in the sleeve that they're in and, and who, and people saying they are who they are. And that was my number five is this Ortega, but not Ortega. So I like it. Yeah. My five kind of ties in a little bit of that. It's, 
it's the second piece. So when you see all this stuff happening, it's like, you know, when she first walked in and says, like, I was killing your sister, that's the point where I paused it and was like, okay, like, I think I missed an episode or I missed something. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, it's it's right. And she talks about, like, you know, how she sleeved into a kid and, like, who does that? And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they just didn't want to show, like, a kid being killed kind of thing. Like, they, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to keep it a little bit classier. Um, <laughs> nope. Although, we, f- we find out in this episode they don't mind showing – you know, very brutality type stuff, but uh-huh. um, it was it was after all this happened. You know, you kind of see like the rock paper scissors. You see a bunch of other stuff, and then you get this eighteen hours earlier. Yeah, and so you almost have like a mini episode. Then they kick this eighteen hours earlier, in, and you're like, oh, okay. Like now I'm now I'm playing catch up. And I thought that was a really good uh, kind of storytelling thing with this because, again, it kind of you know with with TV shows that you binge. Um, you know, I think. Strange, Stranger Things and, you know, Black Mirror is kind of episodic, so you don't have to watch, you know, you don't have to binge. You can kind of poke around. Mm-hmm. But as you're binging these things, I, I don't know if Netflix is doing this purposely, but, you know, you kind of get, at least I do, I get stuck in the the motion of hitting next, hitting next, hitting next. And, you know, after two episodes, I drift off if I'm if I'm binging. Mm-hmm. And with something like this, if you, you, know, you get to this episode and you start, like, drifting off, you're like, well, wait a second. Something doesn't seem right here. What I miss, and you get reengaged really quickly. Yeah, for and so sure. I don't know if that's if that's a tool they're doing the storytell with this, or if it's just kind of their way of just kind of changing up episodes. But I really like that eighteen hours earlier kind of storytelling uh, idea. Um, I think it came across really well in this episode. I one hundred percent agree. I really liked it. It made a lot of sense. And after the second, I mean, I I always watch them twice anyway. But um, you know, during second rewatch, it. it things just really became a lot more clear and I really did like how they put that in there and it did make a lot of sense and they used it well. Agreed. But yeah. My number five, just kind of that, that 18 hours earlier. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's just different directors or if they let Netflix kind of play with stuff a little bit more, but it's just really cool to see them kind of taking on these different ideas and, um, hopefully they're letting the directors kind of play with it. But you know, either way, it was great, great, uh, start to the episode. I agree. I wish I had more history and background uh, f- uh, of the books and to see how closely they were following the books, like the source material, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, versus their creative license in the TV show. I mean, we know so many, you know, you've got The Walking Dead that has the comics and and we know that, you know, sometimes in different seasons they follow the comics really, really close and other times they just kind of, nope, we're going on a whole different ride here and it's just all about the TV show. Uh, you've got Game of Thrones you know that has the source material for the books and we know that you know there are you know changes some are small some are big you know uh, so I'm curious uh, you know as far as this show since it has a book it's a trilogy I believe and I believe the first this first season is supposed to be from what I've tried to not read too much especially early on because since this is a Netflix show and they release all episodes all at once anytime you go poking around in the news it didn't have just this one episode there was so much that you were finding that here, let's just tell you all about the whole, the whole series so far and you would get spoiled. So Uh I've had to be very careful about what I read, but I believe going way back, I believe they had mentioned that season one was specifically tied to the first book. And so that's why they were hoping there would be a season two because there, this was a trilogy and a second book, but I'm curious to know how closely maybe um, now that, you know, once we finished, I can go back and kind of look up some stuff. So I want want to worry about being spoiled and see how close to the source material they were sticking to because I do like how they use that so I'm curious if that was something that was creative on the writers and director part or if that was something from the book as well 
but because yeah, I thought they did. Or I thought they played that out really well. I liked it. Very good. Very good. Number five. Um, okay, so number four for me um, was just Lizzie. I hmm. I don't really know what to. She was acting a little odd. I feel. I don't. I don't know that there's really necessarily something wrong, but I thought she was acting a little weird. Like, what did you make? of like what she was saying about watching how she said that she was going out into the array by herself, which seemed to really surprise Poe. Cause he's like, you're doing what? Yeah. Um, cause he's like checking up on her. He's feeling that, you know, cause this was right after Ortega had come in and she's, which when they thought it was Ortega, but it was Ray, but she has, you know, everything that they have schemed to do in the previous episode when he killed that other AI and, and other things that they were doing that came about, um, that Ortega, ended up getting her and he feels that he's not, you know, Poe feels he's not doing the right thing by, you know, teaching Lizzie to stand up for herself by giving her self-esteem, by showing her how to stand up for herself and fight, fight back, you know, fight against the people that, you know, hurt her. And he feels that what he says, violence begets violence. And she's like, no, it's okay. And it's almost, she, she says things like it's almost time. Uh, she says she's going out into the array watching people and he seems kind of surprised by that. And he's like, you're spying on people. And she just kind of brushes over everything she says. And she has this little speech about, you know, the spider and its web. Um, I don't know. It's like, I'm just questioning why was she acting so weird? What, I mean, what did you make of, of, of the scenes with her? Cause she acted weird with Poe and Kovach comes in later and talks to her and he's like, you know, I think I'm going away. Wanted to come say goodbye. Wanted to check in on you. And she was acting all weird. She's throwing the knives and she's like, I, you know, and then she says, I'm going to miss this one. You know, cause she's, she's making some dead ass shots, you know, with that knife on that poor kitty picture. And then she's like, I'm going to miss this one. And then slam, she misses it. And I'm just like, She's acting odd. What what did you make of all of that with her? Well, like you mentioned the violence begets begets violence and like she says, Well, I thought you told me that was fighting back. Mm-hmm. And it, she she has a very like I don't know if you ever watched Firefly, but she has like a uh um Oh, I had it and I lost it. A river. She sounds like very much like the river character where mm-hmm. you know, the government she has some kind of like special abilities, like she's some some kind of psychic abilities. Like she she's like got envoy tendencies potentially. And she goes to this very traumatic event that breaks her, and now she has these abilities to like superpower herself. And you know she's going around, basically like going through the matrix, going through this internet. Probably knows more secrets than anybody, doing things that Poe probably didn't even think she should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's kind of like a situation where if you get way too much information, you get information overload. It's kind mm. of you know. I'm making a lot of references to other shows and movies and stuff, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. Batman oh, forever. Sense. It's yeah. like, there's too many questions. There's too many questions. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, knowledge is power, but if you have way too much and way too much, like, you know, insight on too many people, like the brain can only hold so much. And that's what, you know, these little chip things are, is they're just a hard drive for a brain. And, um, mm, that's true. It, it seems like she's just kind of overloaded with it, but, it's, you know, it's like a little nuclear bomb that's about to explode. That's an interesting take on it. I hadn't thought of thought of it that way, but maybe that is right. She she's she's learning so much and um, you know, post teaching her things and then she's going out and kind of educating herself at the same time. Maybe she's got too much going in that's kind of uh scrambled at the moment. Well, she's acting a little po, odd. Poe very much like when he talks to her, like it, it looks like he's like, Oh shit, like I've created a monster. Like she is way too difficult to handle. Uh-huh. Like she may not be, which I know that he's not necessarily controlling her, but it seems that she's, you know, you know, she was this timid, traumatized little mouse 
you know, when we first meet her and she was extremely traumatized and he was, you know, um, she was kind of easy to deal with. And now it seems like she could become, um, uncontrollable and strong and, um, might do something that she shouldn't based on all this that she's learning on how to fight. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Cause I, I'm sure, I'm sure something's going to happen with her. It's just building to that point, right. That we keep seeing her and, and being exposed to her and the things that she's saying and her capabilities. I feel like something is getting ready to happen this next episode for sure. I can't predict what I can't predict anything in this show, but I feel we're definitely going to see something next episode. Yeah, so. I mean, uh, like somehow that's gonna tie into to Ray. Like my my prediction is her and Ray and all these like Bancroft and like all of it's gonna like we kind of got some of that in this episode, but I think at the end it's gonna be like we thought everything was connected. Then like there's another layer layer of connection that's going into all this. Do you think she's going to? Because I suck at predictions. That's why I don't make them. I I sound really silly anytime I try to make a prediction because I'm so wrong and I don't have a clue. I just I can't see into the future and I can't. I mean, you'd think I'd be able to after all the shows that you watch and things follow a pattern, but I cannot with this show for sure and other shows. Um, do you think she is going to like be on the side of good? Or the other side? Uh, I think it's going to be more of like a chaotic neutral type character where she's going to like she's going to probably get out somehow and get into a sleeve. Mm-hmm. And she's basically going to be like, well, the good people are wrong, the bad people are wrong. It's my way. And because of all of her badass skills, she's going to be like, either follow me or die. Hmm. That's like that's that's the direction I could see her going. That's always possible. I don't know if they've ever had a scenario in her case before where they've had someone like her and had to do like a psychosurgery and then they've just kind of taken and ran with it and becoming their own like she's really thinking for herself and taking over. So I don't know. It'd be kind of interesting. Yep. That's a good prediction. Let's uh, see what happens in the next episode. But that's my number four was Lizzie. I just thought she was kind of just, that was kind of a whole, uh, I mean, on, she wasn't in that many scenes, but it, she made an impact. So anyway, what's your number four? All right. So my number four, uh, it's another person that we, we got a little bit at the beginning of this episode. And that's kind of the part I'm talking about. And it's Mary Lou. So yes. before us, I think it was right before we found out that this was 18 hours later, we, we learned that Ray was able to create like fake religious code. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically people can say, hey, you know, I don't want to be brought back at all. So put this religious code on me and only certain specific people can do it. And if I die, you can't revive me. And that's what that's supposed to be. So she was essentially making this on people. Now, at this point, we didn't know what Mary Lou had tied to Ray. Like, it was like she said something about serving her up, selling her. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't quite get what that was. It's like, well, is it, you know, I mean, in this world, you're thinking, like, was well, it prostitution? Is it like a VR thing? Is it, you know, like, what is it? Like, y- your mind instantly goes to bad things, but it's like, well, this is Ray. Like, it can't be bad, right? Like, you know, she can't be this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ray is very, like, dark and very ominous when she's talking about this. And she, she explains, she's like, well, there's many services that I provide, and it's not just this one, because she has created this empire. And, uh, you know, again, it all kind of funnels back to Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of learn that. I, mean, I guess I'm, I'm kind of thinking more at the beginning, like when we see the diner part, and you just realize that, you know, first Ray is probably a lot less of the the Ray we knew from the past. And like, what is this empire? Like, has she lived so long that she just cares about, you know, credits and not really humanity? She still seems like she cares for Kovach a ton. Like she's doing, she says she's doing all this for Kovach. Yeah. But when scenarios come up, it seems like she is wanting to protect her empire more than Kovach. It's like you're either with me in this venture I'm doing or 
you know, nobody can have you kind of thing. Right. Yeah. She's, she was definitely all about protecting her, you know, what she's got going on. She doesn't want to lose any of that. So, but I mean, my number four is kind of quick. I mean, we learn a lot more later in the episode, but I'm kind of just in the tidbit before the 18 hours later and it's, it's Mary Lou and, um, all the stuff that we kind of, the little bit we get teased at the beginning, I guess. Yeah, well, that's perfect because that that's a perfect segue into my number three, which is also the Mary Lou mystery. <laughs> so <laughs> that is my number three, and I have to agree with you that we, you know, we didn't learn a whole lot there at first. I mean, we learn later on, but at that first scene, whenever Kovach, you know, kind of throws her stack on the table, and she's like, "Am I supposed to know who that is?" And you know, he just happens to casually bring up Mary Lou, and we we realize that yes, she worked for Ray. We don't really know a whole lot. Um, and that and that Ray could also fake religious coding, which they call Neo C. Um, so stacks couldn't be spun up to tell how they died, which we kind of heard a little bit earlier um, in in this uh, season. Uh, I think it was Ortega that had kind of talked about it, and that you know kind of what that meant, and how she wished that she could you know spin her up, which is I think kind of how they talk about like they can either um, put them temporarily in a in a temporary sleeve or bring them up in VR. And, and ask them what happened. And basically this Neo-C, that religious coding, is, it's like a do not resuscitate. You can't bring them back. You can't resleeve them. You can't spin them up. You can't, you, they're, they're just done. One life and that's it. But I, I think that's weird how that kind of also covers uh, virtual as well. Because you're not really, I mean, I guess even in virtual, maybe it's considered bringing them back to life. But it's not really life. It's not in the real. It's virtual. But I guess they still see it as, I don't know, I guess that's definitely just a delicate balance and based on their beliefs that, you know, they can't be brought back to life because that goes against their beliefs. But is it really life when you're brought up in VR? I don't know. I don't I mean, that that seems like there would be so many questions when it comes to that, you know, the religious <laughs> side of it. And I mean, if you talk about like this day and age, like your faith being challenged, like mm-hmm. in this world, like your faith is challenged like to the nth degree. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can, I can see both sides of it, but I, I could also see it from a perspective. If my loved one, if, if they, if they or the whole family shared that, that belief, but that person was murdered, I'd want them to find out who did it if they were able yeah, to. Sure. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I guess there's a delicate balance there and based on beliefs, but I think that if, if it was your which I guess Ortega, her father, you know, they couldn't bring him back. I guess he was murdered or something had happened to, to happen to him. And they were just like, that's just, you know, that's just the will. And we're just going to leave it. We're not going to bring him back to find out what happened. And, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know, I guess I don't understand that reasoning, but that's, that's the way I come. And I know other people believe differently and that's okay. But yeah, that was my whole thing was we're, we're getting a little bit of perspective there um, and a little bit of insight into that whole Mary Lou mystery. And I'm th- sitting here thinking, thank God, because I feel <laughs> like, you know, we had, what was it? The second episode, was it Fallen yeah. Angel? You know, got her falling from the sky. So ever since then, we're kind of like, what the fuck is up with this? <laughs> it's now- like she's been dribbled in every now and then. It's like, why the fuck do they keep going to this Mary Lou? Like she's naked in the water. She's naked on the thing. Why is she cutting out her stack? Like, what the hell is that all about? I know. Where did she fall from? Was she pushed? Did she kill herself? <laughs> was she dead before when she, you know, was she dead before she fell? Did yeah, they all yeah. kill her? All these, you know, what the hell's happening? And I was finally like, yes, <laughs> thank you. We just, so. we just need Ortega at some point to look at the camera and just go plot point and walk off. I know. You wanted to break that fourth wall. <laughs> Be like, yep. <laughs> 
uh, strike one for the for the good guys. But yeah, that was that was my number three, which tied into your four was the the Mary Lou mystery. So what's your number three? Well, my number three is pretty uh, pretty short and sweet because we really don't have much about it. But it's just mm-hmm. the island vacation. So. Uh, <laughs> Kovach, you know, are you he, hoping that we see more of that island vacation? I, I do because I am very curious how this would work. I mean, uh, Bancroft's wife is a very attractive lady, but I can only imagine what an island of the same women would be like. And it's either going to be like every dream I've ever had is like a teenage boy, or it's going to like freak the crap out of me. I don't know yet, but I got to see to know. I mean, you just have to know. You just have to see to know. <laughs> can't stop laughing (laughs) but we don't really know i don't really understand the point of why he like why he have to do that um i don't know if it was just that that's the only way he can think of like oh i can get off planet this way um so he creates his 3d version of him Mm -hmm. which the whole thing with uh um them figuring out who was going to do what was i thought really really kind of an interesting play back and forth like I was trying to think of, you know, if, if there was another me, essentially it's, it's, it's me, it's copy and paste and it's the same person. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm interacting with myself and we both have this like righteous, uh, you know, thing we want to do. It's like, all right, well, let's do rock, paper, scissors, which would be the longest fucking game of rock, paper, scissors ever, because essentially you're playing against yourself. Yeah. And odds would say you would do the same thing. They were meeting like, each other move for move on that. Yeah, for a while. And I don't know how many times they played. It was three out of five, I think, they finished on. But I love the fact that, you know, our Kovach, the one who has been around and not the 3D printed version, you know, he's like, all right, well, there I go. And uh, the, um, not Miriam, it's, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vernon. He says, uh, he's like, so let me get this straight. Like, you won, and he gets to go to the island and have the sex orgy? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I love Kovac's response. Is like, well, I mean, yeah, but he hasn't had sex yet, so it only seemed fair. (laughs) So then, because I think that was the only way that we knew which Kovac we had, because they were almost literally sharing the same brain because the other the the copy the clone knew exactly what he was thinking he was like knew exactly where the plane was going and what he intended to do and from that point it was just a a deciding factor of okay well then who goes who stays um so so yeah it was just really weird to see all that play out and i was like okay so here he said he says like you said there i go i'm like okay but which one which one's going i don't know that i know because both of you are pretty damn you know the exact same copy in the exact same moment of of each other and yeah that was the only way that i knew is it's like well technically he hasn't had sex yet um but i think it was because he knew that he needed to get like raise attention off of him like he knew he was going to be followed by lung like because she she's like follow him when he got in the well like when he was leaving and then he got in the car with Miriam Bancroft and I think that he needed for her to see him as a non-factor like I don't have to worry about him because he's off he's being tracked and he went off with Miriam Bancroft and that way she wouldn't suspect him making this plot with his with with the whole group and and him coming in like he did that he, he was using the element of surprise and he was creating that moment for her to be surprised to see him and and not not even think that he's going to do, do something like he's off doing his thing he's not still here 
plotting or or anything like that. I think it was to to throw off the trail. So maybe maybe she hasn't gone all Game of Thrones because she's like, oh god, he went to the sex orgy planet. Jeez, right. I can't even think about my brother right now. <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. Ew. Um, well, I think I think he he did it to throw her off because she did say later she's like, uh, I believed you when you said you didn't care, you know about about every you know all of your people, and um, she actually believed him, and I think she fell for you know she didn't think that he. You know, cause she's like, what, you double sleeved? And so I think it was to throw throw her off and make her believe, you know, he's like, you know what, piss on you, piss on all these people. I don't give a shit about anybody. I'm going to take my prize, take the money I got, and I'm going to go, like you said, have, you know, uh, on this island and have an orgy 24-7. <laughs> Which is like everybody's dream, right? Because why not? Um, <laughs> so I, th- I think it was just to throw her off so that way they, it would buy them some time. Too and and I did not real I didn't come to this realization in the beginning. I had to watch it twice, and it wasn't until that second time because I I was confused. Too. I was like, well, what was the whole point of them creating this extra this clone of him and stuff? And then why did and I was questioning that was actually in my notes. My first set of notes was why did he go off with Marion Bancroft? And it didn't click until later that I was like, oh, I think he was using it to kind of buy them some time to come up with this plan and and you know get. Elliot up into head in the clouds and do this whole scam that they were pulling off. Uh, so that way they could come in under the radar without her being on guard. So that was what I got from it anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, and I think the other thing that's weird is, I mean, you might say like, well, how would she not know? Like it's her brother, but I mean, they really haven't been around each other that much. You know, mm-hmm. they were a couple hundred years age. Well, again, this is altered carbon so they could have been around each other for centuries and we wouldn't know i guess technically mm-hmm. when they were kids they could have been sleeved into kids but let's say that was them you know they were only together from what like eight to 12 years and then they're away from each other for who knows how long yeah and while they're at the envoy camp they were there what a few months so i mean she this is practically a stranger to her it's it's blood but it's a stranger so yeah i, I would think that being able to pull this off is more realistic than probably what you could see in other shows yeah, I agree. I agree. But my uh, my number three is just the sexy party <laughs> on the island vacation. A true fantasy island. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you knew that was going to come back around. You don't just mention yeah. that and no, yeah, forget it. So anyway, so okay, so my number two is the ruse. So what was super cool, you mentioned the 18 hours earlier and we got to see how this kind of the, how this gets planned out. And we have, um, Oh goodness. I'm going to forget this guy's name every time the, the it guy at the cop station, the Uh, one that was helping. Yep. Mickey, thank you. Um, was helping, um, uh, Ortega for a little while and stuff. And he comes in and again, you got to love Poe. He's so loyal. You know, he's like, I'm not feeling so hospitable towards strangers right now. And, um, pulls shotgun on him and stuff. That's super cool. Um, so we get Mickey into the mix. So, you know, he's, you know, Kovach is building more of a pack than what he realizes, you know, at this point, but, um, you know, Mickey gives his, his whole speech about, you know, how they've killed, Ortega's family, which we haven't even talked about yet, but I mean, you know, you were talking earlier about some of the, we've seen some shocking things in this season so far and, and some of the, the, like the, the husband wife fight to the death, uh, the fight drum stuff. I mean, we've seen some really, um, shocking things come to fruition in the series. And then this one just kind of really topped it, you know, when, 
uh, Ray had Lung ordered him to, because she's like, you know, this can only be paid back with blood. And she goes after Ortega's family. She's like, she went after my family. I'm going after hers. And she kills. Blood and I'm confused. Blood, blood yeah. for blood. And she went after her family and killed. And I always get this mixed up. I don't know if that's her brother. That was her brother, not her uncle, right? I mean, he seemed more like her, her uh, brother's oh, I age. I thought it was more like an uncle. I thought they that they said during earlier one of the earlier episodes when she resleeved her grandmother in that <laughs> one. <laughs> I could, I could that, be wrong, yeah. You're, I, I could swear that she said uncle, but just the age of the kids throws me off because they seem like young kids and he's, I don't know, it just seemed to throw, throw me off. But yeah, maybe it was her uncle, but regardless, you know, kills kills that member of her family, kills her mother, and then kills mm-hmm. the two kids. And we don't, I mean, I'm glad we didn't have to see it happen on screen. I think that would be too much. And you didn't have, you only saw their legs um, on the other side of the couch, which uh, that was still almost too much for me um, to see and how horrific that was. So, so uh, we, we, you know, he's reeling from all of that. Mickey is, he's like, I guess you've heard this is awful. He's worried about Ortega. Um, he wants to, to help her and get her back. Um, so Kovac gets his ID and br- he's going to go break into the evidence room to steal that portable 3d bio organic printer, uh, to make a clone and double sleeves himself. His copy goes with Miriam Bancroft, which we, you know, I believe anyway was to kind of throw the trail off of him so that they can, they can do what they need to do to get under the radar and pull off their plan. Um, Elliot gets these fake credentials to get access to the system. So Kovac can get undetected. Um, and then I love, love that we get that scene where, you know, he's trying to tell them they all need to go, you know, he's, he's going to go break into the evidence room and get the stuff that he needs to do to, to pull off this whole thing, thinking that he can do it on his own. And he tells everyone that they need to just go. And, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't need them, doesn't care about them and they need, need, they need to just go. And they're all like, what? We can't just go. We got, we got stuff, you know, we got responsibilities. I want to get and uh, Ava says, I want to get my body back. Um, and I love how the pack that's, um, the pack stays together and everyone rallies with Kovash to put the plan in place because they all do have a fight in this. So I love when Elliot breaks into, into Kovach's room and Poe has a really great line because he's like, um, Kovach calls them, you know, this is, you know, this is just what I do. I, I form this pack and then I stand back and I just watch everyone die so I can live, you know, so I can, you know, keep, keep going and stuff. And Poe looks at him, he kind of disregards everything he says about watching the pack die. And Poe goes, we're friends. <laughs> so freaking adorable. God, I love that character so much. And I think I'm just totally in love with the actor that plays him just flawlessly, in my opinion. Um, He's really great. So I just really love how we saw the pack come together to form this plan. We got to see what happens and and got a good breakdown of step-by-step of what's going to happen and and how they're going to pull it off. And I just, I really loved all of that. So it's my number two. Yeah, I kind of coined it like the Scooby gang because that's what it really (laughs) felt like. That's I like that. So what's your number two? All right. So my number two is the confession or the tell me everything. So at the end of this episode, we get basically everything out on Front Street about what, like, you know, we talked about spiderwebs earlier, and this was really kind of like, okay, here I am pulling the string that ties every one of these things together. Finally. Yes. And, you know, we find out that, you know, apparently – 
Bancroft was kind of set up to an extent. You know, we found out that you know he liked to choke girls out apparently, and she wanted to blackmail him. Ray did, so she uh, poisoned him. And basically, and she said she wanted him to stop 653. Do you know what 653 is? Yes, I do. So uh, resolution 653 uh, is the resolution of a law that was recently defeated and is treated as a test case for the protectorate courts. Resolution 653 would allow police to spin up anyone, even those with religious coding after their deaths, to question them about what happened, even if they have religious coding. Um, and this is, of course, the Vatican and Catholics at large are vehemently opposed to the idea. So this is what was going to get Ray in some really big trouble ah, if yes, Resolution okay. 653 stayed in place because she was baking the religious coding, implanting it in the girls that worked for her. And if they were able to keep Resolution 653 in place, then the girls like Mary Lou could have been respun and confessed and told what was really happening ahead in the clouds. Uh, and that, and it's crazy to think that, I don't know if it's just kind of like, you think of head in the clouds and it's, it's this place that's, it was really cool to see how it was floating. Like it had like, like it was probably high enough that it kind of floated, but as it came down, it shot the fire, uh, jets to get it back up a little bit. So, I mean, it mm-hmm. looked really cool. Yep. And you're like, oh yeah, this cloud in the sky, this would be awesome. But you learn a lot about it. That's like, yeah, this isn't awesome at all. And, it's a pretty awful place. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, through the tell me everything, we learned that, um, you know, she was uh, he was she was working with Miriam, uh, Bancroft's wife, apparently to, to poison him, and that's what got him to come to Head in the Clouds. And that scene with, with him in and Head in the Clouds. Oh my gosh! With the two women, and that's why Mary Lou, like, she's like, oh shit, like he he broke her stack, broke the other girl's stack. Mm-hmm. And this is where the girl's like, oh shit, like he's gonna kill me because apparently this Head in the Clouds place. Is this idea of like, you know, like, oh, yeah, you can go to jerk it off, you know, on the ground level <laughs> where <clears throat> I'm so, it's not a funny situation, but I laugh every time I hear that. You can't say it, not giggle. I know we're so immature, <laughs> but but at the uh, the J.O.F. or the J.I.F., <laughs> the J.I.F., um, when you're there, it's like, you know, yeah, you can, you know, you can, you know, fulfill these weird fantasies of killing somebody, but they can come back. Like you can resleeve them. Yeah. And he would pay for their sleeves to be brought back when he would go to that place. I mean, not that it, it's still despicable yeah. and, and horrific, but he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll make it better. But that's the thing with Head in the Clouds is like, oh yeah, these girls think they can come back. I know. And that's what gets these, you know, these people that come up here off is like, oh well, yeah, I'm giving I'm RDing these people. Like they're getting real death and they don't even mm-hmm. know it. And that's what she wanted from Bancroft. And she, you know, gave him this and wanted to be able to blackmail him. And you know, I don't know if she was gonna get on video or what, but we learned through this whole thing that, you know, again, everything is connected. So Mary Lou's tied to Bancroft, which is tied to Riker, which she was able to kind of, you know, put him easy to frame because he wouldn't just back off because he had an idea that something going something was going on. Cause I think he had some kind of relationship with Mary Lou. I don't know if it's his sister or you know, we we learned early on that they're close somehow. Mm-hmm. I thought they grew but, up together, I thought. Is, that make, yeah, yeah. I think during that interrogation, in that one uh, episode that we were kind of confused about how it started, he's interrogating. I thought it was mentioned he grew up with her. But that is just like so clever for this for Ray to do this because she knows that like she's like Bancroft knows he's at like a, a shitty situation. It's like, yeah, you did all these things, mm-hmm. and I have the proof. And yeah, you, know, you think about like you know, there's probably things you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. And you know, he's like, I wish I could forget it. He legitimately did. He's like, oh well, I've got. 
24 hours I can lose right away if I just kill myself. Yeah. And I'll just back up into one of my clones. And that's what he did. And even in that moment, he knows it's like, well, I would never think I would kill myself. So yeah. it's going to spawn this whole murder thing, which that was a little bit that I didn't quite catch as if, if that was a plan that Ray didn't quite think was going to happen. So that's why she told him to bring in Kovach, or if that was her plan altogether is to have him bring Kovach back. I didn't quite catch that. That seemed a little bit kind of questionable to me. I I agree. I was slightly taken aback by that as well because I thought, well, surely this whole thing, uh, you know, with, with Bancroft and uh, blackmailing him and what she had going on because, I mean – Essentially, I just thought most of it was she was blackmailing Bancroft to protect herself because he had the power to and his influence to like repeal Resolution 653, which would completely ruin her if if her, her the girls that came out of her uh, workplace were able to tell what really happened there. And, oh, and what I mean, happened how, to them. So how in the world? So so I thought that that's as far as it went. Like she got Miriam involved. She was blackmailing Lawrence Bancroft. And then, but she did say, she goes, I didn't count on him killing himself. So I guess when he killed himself, and of course he, his ego, she says, wouldn't allow him to believe that he actually killed himself, that that's when she inserted the plan to go to Lawrence and can, cause she, 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 uh, had re-sleeved into that Clarissa, uh, sleeve to, uh, convince Lawrence to bring Kovach back, um, to, tr- that he could trust an envoy that he'll find, you know, what happened. So I, my guess if and I'm probably completely wrong, so I'm welcome to anybody that wants to correct me right in and correct me on this. Um, that that's where it came into place, that that's where, she, but, but she said she did all this for him, that, that everything I've done from like the very beginning, building this empire was all for Kovach so they could be together again. So I'm confused as well. I don't know if this, how in the world, that's a very elaborate plan where nothing can really go wrong <laughs> if that's what you're yeah, doing. And that's, uh, I mean, maybe that's just kind of the, the thing with power is like whenever, you know, like, you always hear people, or it's like cliche in shows or stuff, it's like, well, I did all this for you. It's like, no, you did it for you. You worked all those hours or did all this stuff for, you know, you sold those drugs for yourself, not for this family. It's like, I could have been a contender. <laughs> or whatever other cliche <laughs> movies that are out there. You know, Adrian! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if at this point it's just kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe she had a future plan after getting the 653 you know, abolished and being able to get some more credits. And then she was going to go and have the pull then to bring Kovach back. And, but it kind of sped that up. Maybe I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that as well. I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't the only one because I thought, Oh my gosh. Um, everyone else probably already has this all figured out and you're the one that has no clues as to what's happening. But, um, but I mean, I was thinking about, I was like, how, like how corrupt is this world? Cause you know, people know what's going on up there. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that Elliot and them, when they get there, they're like, oh, God, like this is worse than what we thought. I really feel like th- that would be like a dirty little secret that, you know, somebody's covering for that. Somebody knows what's going on up there. Yeah. And they're just not saying it. And, you well, know, it's like everyone that visits has an incentive to keep it quiet because they can well, all be implicated in that's what happens. True. That is very true. Um, it was kind of interesting, too, where like they, they basically sounded like they put people through VR 
like a VR simulation to prove that they can do this type of thing. So I guess like yeah. they don't want you to get there. It's almost like a um again, another movie reference. Um uh shit, hostile. You know, oh yeah. Where where it's like yeah. you know, you go into this place and you pay to to basically kill somebody and in the future ones it's like spoiler alert. If if you don't do that, they kill you because it's like, oh well, we have something against you, and that's a great point you just brought up. Is that's exactly what this is like? Oh, you're you're gonna tell somebody what happened here? Like we have you on tape, mm-hmm. RDing a bunch of these people, and what we find out is Elliot's leaving. It's like, well, not only are you RDing like you know adults, like you just RDed a kid, Ugh. which is creepy on its own. Which is that's where like. You know, Elliot was like every person I think that's watching this is like, yeah, I would have just shot that dude in the head, shot the other two dudes in the head, stomped the shit out of their uh, stacks, threw their bodies off the thing and been like, fuck you dudes. And then like playing the charges all over this place to blow it up. That place, it's absolutely deplorable. That actually, um, I'll just go ahead and and chime in as well because it's it's my number one. What what you were just talking about was was how we finally get the truth of what happened that Miriam infected Lawrence with Stallion. And as you mentioned, the scene that we saw uh, how Mary Lou became involved in that, we get to really see what how she was actually employed by Ray and that she was one of the girls in that room. And he RD'd that girl. That was just absolutely shocking uh, to, to see him that violent. I know that he was... Uh, amped up with this drug, but it was still very shocking to see that even under the influence that he became that violent and and killed that girl. And, uh, you know, she runs away, not wanting to die at his hands thinking, um, because, and these girls don't know, like you said, they don't know that they're being recoded as soon as they're being hired, that Ray's putting in her fake coding for that Neo C. So these girls, you know, when, when, uh, Elliot is in that room with that girl and she's like, it's okay. You know, um, I can get re-sleeved. It's okay. Just go ahead and kill me. It was awful. It was heartbreaking. And of course, he has a daughter and with the stuff that that has been done to her that has traumatized her, you know, I think anybody, whether you're a parent or not, would be completely horrified at that whole scene and and that poor girl. And and then them asking them later, you know, like, oh, we can get you another girl or a man or a child. And I was just, Mm. I was just, I just got so sick to my stomach, (laughs) just thinking of this place and what they do there. It was just absolutely horrifying. Um, And then... Uh, as we talked about, Ray blackmailed Lawrence to stop Resolution Six Five Three uh, from uh, or for it to be repealed. So because it would ruin her, uh, she framed Riker because he was asking too many questions. He wouldn't let it go. She framed him. Uh, so it it was nice to finally get some of the truth. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen after this. Of course, we ended at, you know kind of a, a cliffhanger there. So I don't know what's going to happen in this next one, but. Um, that was, that was my number one that I'll just tag on to your number two. I, maybe we'll get a few more answers to kind of help clear some of that up. I don't know if it's really important that we know some of that stuff, but I was really curious about some of that too. I don't know that that was crystal clear, but I'm, I'm welcome. I welcome any insight that someone wants to write in with if they know. Yeah. And this ties right into my number one, which I, it's, it's really interesting how this played out because. You know, as as you first like, I could see it right in my notes. So I called this Operation Break into Crazy Sex Palace. <laughs> so like, you're starting it out. It's like, I love that's your what titles. This place, yeah, that's what this place seems like. It's like it's a sex palace where you go in and you can do crazy sex stuff. Uh-huh. Call it Head in the Clouds, and it offers all kind of fantasies that you want. And you see that you know he's uh, Miriam is playing. Uh, I'm sorry, Miriam uh, Vernon is playing a general. So he walks in and you know this cute girls in like this uh, teddy outfit. And she's really cute. And it's like, oh, general, you know, why don't you come in here and fire your gun? And it's like, okay, like this is just like a high end like sex place. Yeah. 
And she pulls out a whip and you're like, oh, okay, like it's BDSM. Like that's not my thing. Like I don't, I'm not into all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, she pulls out like a, a cattle gun. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's like you learn that this isn't just – this is a snuff palace. And then you learn that you have to qualify for this because you can't just come in here and – you know, because they don't want you to like chicken out. They, they want you to do this thing. So like you said, they have something against you. Mm-hmm. And then quickly learn it's like, oh, my God, these girls don't come back. Like this and, – and like you see the, the facial expressions on the, the – um, the Scooby gang back on earth because they're like, Oh shit. Like this isn't just like some weird, like jacket off type thing where like they're killing people and they're coming back. Like the whole thing of this, like the whole way that these people are getting off is the idea of like you kill these people yeah. and they don't come back. But it's, guess what? They don't know that. Right. Those girls do uh, not know that. They think that they're going to get resleeved exactly. if they're killed. And the only like highlight uh, you could say is like we see the Hello Unicorn backpack coming back in play. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. But, but my last note on this whole thing is like this is a place of pure evil. Yeah, like you know it is. It's one of those things like if if this world has so much to offer, like you could live forever, you could have your family live forever. Like there's so many good things you can do, and then you have a place like this that you know again like you know people know about it. You know that people know this dirty little secret that's above you know, the clouds of where rich people go and do unspeakable things. But, you know, nobody says anything and they don't have full proof. But, you know, the people that would be busting them when they when that 653 comes into effect would be the same people that knew about it but didn't do anything because of the credits that were up there, which is very, very sad. It's such a deplorable, disgusting kind of place that I think they mentioned that Head in the Clouds caters to exclusively meths that's why they had to fake uh elliot's credentials to get him in so i think it just goes to show because ray says earlier i think as she's or i think it was while she was still ortega where she's like there are no rules you know we just we we do what we we want and there are no rules and i think that this just again we we see we see glimpses of that where when ray is clarissa before we knew that she was ray we just knew her as clarissa had resleeved this rapist murderer into a snake and he is like forever tortured now as being this snake and and then we see the fight between the husband and wife death it was the fight to the death now granted they weren't going to be rd'd but one of them was going to get upgraded the other one was going to get downgraded um and then they're they're eating tigers for crying out loud if nothing else was bad enough that was that was in my book one of the worst things that they could do at least until i saw this episode um and then we see that mess are also at least in the, at least in this package. Now this was the, the priciest package was to be able to kill someone. You just get your full on fantasy. If you wanted to have sex with this person, um, and, and then you also get to kill them. Um, and yes, you had to go through some, I guess what they call training. I'm using my quotations in order to make sure that you can go through with it. And, uh, I think it just shows, you know, because Kovach mentions a little bit about, you know, maybe talking about Ray, like maybe she'll be human again. Because I think at this point, some of these people have lived so long, they don't even know how to be human anymore because they're immortal. So losing their immortality has basically made them non-human in, in a sense. And and it's just, it's absolutely disgusting the, the, the levels that they have sunk to. Um, having lived so long and that there's a place that, that actually, and she acts like this isn't like her only one. She acts like she's built an empire across all of the settlements, 
you know, every place that has been settled, she's, she's kind of got a, a piece of the pie everywhere and that she caters to this and it's absolutely disgusting. Um, I mean, you said it perfectly. So yeah, that's, that's my number one is just this, uh, hit in the cloud area. Ugh, it's awful. So let's look at notes. If you, if you don't have anything else to say about your number one, yep, that was uh, really so great. I like I've it. Got a, a few different notes. Um, let's see. So, oh, uh, so when uh, the ghost walker is going through after he kills uh, Ortega's mom, like it's, it just shows like he's, he seems very religious mm-hmm. and, you know, he's always asking if people are believers, but after he kills RD's uh, Ortega's mom and her brother, um, he just pulls out a cookie and eats it. Like it's no big deal. Like the kids are in the other room playing and he just pulls out a cookie, eats it, knowing very well that he's going into that room to kill those kids. I know. Um, a question about the stack, if the stack is the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a very like interesting question is like, is that what is actually your soul? It's kind of like, is your computer hard drive? Is that what's your computer or is it, is your computer, your computer is the shell of your computer, your computer. So kind of an interesting question there. Yeah. I think that's what we've seen throughout the whole series too, with the whole, you know, with, with the, I think it's the neo-Catholicism is what Neo-C stands for um, with their beliefs that that is like your soul and why they believe you don't come back. So I think there's that definite whole argument that we've had this whole uh, season. Um, when the captain found the kids and he got sick, mm-hmm. um, I kind of feel like that was not just him getting sick because of knowing the kids or anything like that. I feel like that was kind of like when you're guilt when you feel guilt. Like I feel like that's probably something he knew he could stop and he didn't. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, talking about Lizzie, I should have mentioned this earlier, but we see one of the torture worms crawling around her. Yeah. And she says that she sees things backwards, which kind of is very confusing to me. You know, it kind of shows like maybe she's in some kind of like VR torture type of scenario. Yeah, she was acting so weird during that whole thing. Kovach was like, where did that come from? Where'd you get that? How do you know about that? Yeah, because he's he's he had just recently had that happen to him. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, it's what they used to drive me mad to shut my mouth." <laughs> and and the last thing I had, so after the discussion with uh, his uh, sister Ray, you know, he tells her like, "Hey, all your backups are gone, and she only has one life to live." And you instantly see her get less cocky. And yeah, that's what's oh, it's what's really interesting. Like if you like, oh, I'm invincible, I can do whatever I want. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, guess what? All your backups, yeah, they're gone. You just have one life to live now. You're basically like a real person at this point. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, uh, can we talk about this? Like, hey, let's let's be reasonable here. Yeah. And I think that is where, because you mentioned earlier how, you know, she says that she does all of this for him, but yet she still kind of protects her own interests. Because we see at that point, even after, you know, they have infected her back up with Rawling and he's telling her this, you know, the only life you have to live and trying to compel her to tell the truth and to confess. And she still reaches for like an alarm button and he shoots that little throwing star at her and he's like, no more games, you know, let's just, let's just get to the truth. And so even then she was still going to kind of turn on him. So I think that she is still, she might talk all about how she wants to be with her brother and that, you know, she wants him to be together, but yet she definitely wants it on her own terms. That's for sure. 
But yeah, that kind of ties up my, my few notes I had uh, on the episode. Nice. Good notes. I, I think we talked about most of my notes. The only other thing I thought was kind of interesting was um, you mentioned the crime scene. I, I don't know if we've seen it other times, but I thought it was interesting. All those red lasers that were kind of darting all over the oh, place. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know what that's for. It's not important, I don't think, but it just made me curious. To It made me just, I, I jotted it down on my notes, like those red lasers at the crime scene. Are they, is it scanning for evidence? Is it just like recording the scene maybe like here's, you know, here's everything that happened instead of like pictures, you know, how when they take pictures at a crime scene to record how bodies were found or evidence that was found. Is that a way of like in, in lieu of pictures, is that something that they scan as a, a, a record of here's what this what we found on the scene? I was curious about that. I just thought it was interesting. The advancement in um, CSI. Um, forensic <laughs> That's work. I took it. Like it's like looking for prints, looking for like blood spatter. It's kind of doing the uh, CSI work without having somebody actually do CSI work. Right. Yep. All all fancy. See it. That's what I was kind of wondering if it's kind of taking the place of of the actual f- people doing the work of taking blood, taking prints, taking pictures, that whole thing. Thought that was just kind of interesting. Um, and then. That, like I said, that's pretty much my notes. You already mentioned the backpack. I had to mention the backpack again because that was super cool. Uh, the only other thing that I had was another line from Poe, and he's talking to Kovach, and he says, I think your relationship with honesty is passing at best. <laughs> <laughs> Love Poe. I, I don't know what's going to happen in this last episode, but I hope he prevails in whatever happens because um, he's definitely one of my favorites. So. Good notes. Really good episode. Oh, my gosh. We were hoping for an episode like this. And did we get it? Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, one more episode left. I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm curious to see how, how it plays out. I know. I know. I'm very excited. Um. Well, sweet. That ties up then our number five in our notes. So that will take us into news. So uh, I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to let you do the first one because the second one I think has some really strange names, and I'm not going to torture you. I'm going to be nice oh, to good. you this time. Whew. So I'll take the second one. <laughs> I, I am two drinks one. in, so it'd be coming out pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, so our first one comes from SciFiWire.com, and actor David Harbour, who plays Chief Jim Hopper on Stranger Things, has proven time and again that he is willing to do plenty of strange things in his real life if he gets enough retweets. His latest Twitter challenge could suppress them all. So, side note, Rima, you need to send him a tweet. Say, how many retweets to get you on Strange Indeed podcast? Oh, yes, I should do that. I'll I'll try. I'll, I'll start that Twitter pa- campaign this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, the game goes like this. If a specific tweet of Harbor gets the required number of retweets, then the actor undertakes the action detailed in the tweet. This system of theirs has caused the actor, soon to appear as the lead in the Hellboy reboot, to appear in high school yearbook photos, officiate a fan's wedding, and to do the hopper dance with penguins in Antarctica. While this new challenge won't have him traveling to the bottom of the globe, it certainly offers an interesting prospect. The new challenge was prompted by Orlando Informer, who asked Harbor, how many retweets would it take for you to walk through Stranger Things at hashtag HHN28 with us? The hashtag event in question is Halloween Horror Nights 28 at Universal Studios. Harbor took the dare and even went one step further. His answer reads 3,000K. I get to take 11 11-year-old fans, and I get to dress like 11. And if it runs post-Halloween, I'd prefer us to go on November 11th at 11 p.m. Oh, a man after my own heart. He's oh, got the nice. 11, 11, 11 down. He's got the 11 of 11s of 11 of 11th of the 11 p.m. Yes. 
That's awesome. Well, a lot of 11s. Yeah. And we've seen how he has stuck to this stuff. I mean, he did the yearbook photo. He went to Antarctica uh, with the Hopper Dance. He is, I don't think it's happened yet, but he got the, there was that Twitter campaign for him to officiate um, as uh, some fans wedding. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about that when it comes up. So uh, they've definitely got a good shot of that happening. That Halloween Horror Night sounds like so much fun. Oh yeah, that'd be. I'm actually no. I take that back. I used to be really big into horror movies and stuff, mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older, I just don't like to be scared anymore. Really? Yeah, like I want to go see the new. It's the quiet. Yeah, a quiet place. Quiet place. Yeah. Um, but I have a feeling I'm going to get like really scared. Although, like uh, Michael Myers, there's a new Halloween. I'm totally yes. in on that. I will go see Halloween. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that new one. Yeah, she looks great. I'm going to be one of the guys. So okay. I might as well put this out there. Um, I was a fan of the Rob Zombie horror movies. Yeah. I don't know if you've, did you see both of them? I've only seen parts of them. I wasn't, I mean, they weren't quite my thing, but I know they were hugely popular. Okay. Well, I won't spoil, like, I had a great idea for the ending of the second one. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to talk offline at some point. Okay. You have to go see those, see both of them. And then we could talk about my, what my perfect ending for uh, Halloween two of Rob Zombie's would have been. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk after. It involved, all right, it involved a island of all the same women and an (laughs) orgy. That's what it was. How did I, how did I know that? (laughs) You're obsessed. (laughs) You're obsessed. (laughs) I don't blame you though. Oh, that's really good. Yes, let's talk offline about that. Um, Okay, so the next item is from Business Insider. So here was something interesting that I came across. So there's a Netflix produced Black Mirror spinoff on YouTube in case you can't wait until season five is available. So we know Black Mirror is there is a season five. We know it's going to be filming soon, but no release date. I have a feeling we might have to wait until 2019. Um, So I came across this little gem. So if this would interest some of you folks who are obsessed with Black Mirror, like some of us. So Netflix produced a spinoff of the show and put all of the episodes on YouTube. However, for some reason, they only did this in Poland so far because they there's a Netflix for like every, uh, like there's a Netflix UK, there's a Netflix Australia and so on and so forth. So there's a Netflix for Poland. So it was released in Poland, but unless you're in Poland, you can't watch it, right? So they released them on YouTube. The spinoff version of the show called Zarn Lusterko, which means Black Mirror um, in, in Polish, consists of four relatively short episodes that are similar in nature to what we've come to expect from Black Mirror, uh, such as technology run amok. Polish website Spider, Spider's Web explained the hows and whys of this spinoff. After the huge success of Black Mirror, Netflix came up with the idea of making Polish production modeled on the British series. The platform invited a group of well-known online creators to the project. The short films were created by YouTube personalities Krzysztof Gonzalez, Martin Stankiewicz, MC Square, and the Darwin Film Group, and each episode got a poster to help promote it on social media. So I haven't watched this yet because I just came across this earlier and I didn't have time to check it out, but... I'm going to probably go look at this and just kind of see what that's about. Apparently, they're a lot shorter, too. Black Mirror episodes are around uh, 40 minutes or pl- or a little more than that. These are about um, 20 minutes or less. That's interesting. I mean, if, if Netflix, I mean, this is kind of interesting if they're producing a YouTube 
yeah. series because YouTube's got its own like YouTube Red, which is kind of starting to challenge Netflix a little bit. Right. Why? But, it's I interesting mean, that they 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 have them on Netflix, but it's only Netflix in Poland, and so they go ahead and release them to the general in YouTube. Yeah. That is weird, isn't it? Well, I mean, if Netflix wants to start producing some Black Mirror esque audio dramas, they need to need to contact me. I will take that on, and I will I will put that. Full force ahead. Yes. Well, I'll ca- I'll help campaign that for you, Sean. That would be amazeballs. <laughs> yep, that's awesome. So that's it for the news this week. We do have some letters from the Raven Hotel. Do you want to take that first one there, Sean? Yep. So the so this is from Steve Brown. So about to watch it with a scotch and ice. I think your relationship with honesty is passing at best, Poe. That version of God's Gonna Cut You Down was very cool. Ray's crazy. What was 653? Rima explained that for us. And I promise I won't watch the next episode until after I listen to your podcast as much as I want to. <laughs> yeah, this was a pretty tough one to, to not jump ahead on. Because, I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, okay, I'm ready. What's what's the next thing that's going to happen? No kidding. I it definitely, they leave you at a cliffhanger pretty much every episode. And uh, it took a lot to not, well, one thing that helped was knowing that um, I had to stop, uh, hit the stop button because I had to come record with you tonight. So I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't keep going if I wanted to. So... Yeah, I feel you. Thank, thanks, Steve, for that. That He's always really great about um, giving us some really great feedback, and we always have really great back and forth with him. Um, we also have a voicemail this week. Did you see that in our email? Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Anwen here. Uh, just thought I'd give a little bit of feedback on the last few episodes of Altered Carbon. Um, I'm really loving Ortega. I think she's super cool. Um, she was really annoying to me. Yeah, at the she is. But mm-hmm. um, she's definitely grown on me. I loved it when she finished that fight in the um, in the fight drum and she goes, I love my new arm. And then that hooded assassin shows up and at the time um, my husband goes, who the hell is that? And I go, it's Michonne, because she was all hooded and sorty and really cool. And then, of course, (laughs) we found out that she's um, not so cool. Um, Head in the clouds, what an awful place. It's so depraved and vile. It's it's unbelievable. And I know Mm -hmm. uh, back in episode seven, Rima, you mentioned that concept raised by Cal, that death was the ultimate safeguard against human beings worst behavior and this is really obvious here it's just it's just so awful um, that these myths um, and the people that support them have got no morals at all and it's just horrible Um, I'm really enjoying the difference in the recognition that people have when um, their loved ones are in new stacks Um, Lizzie so quickly recognized Ava even though she was in um, a different sleeve yeah. and um, it's really interesting that Tark didn't recognize Ray when she was in the different sleeves um, all the way throughout um, maybe that shows that they sort of don't, still don't have that connection that they used to have mm-hmm. um, but then of course Tark recognized um, that it wasn't Ortega after a few minutes um, together when Ray was in Ortega's sleeve and came back after the um, supposedly after the fight and first I, I thought oh she's acting really strangely um, but then I realized that it was actually Ray and I thought that was really really cool really well done great acting and I also love everything with Vernon and Ava um, Ava's really captivating to watch and the actor that um, the guy that plays um, her in, in the man sleeve um, did such an amazing job he he really had her kind of character I guess um, seeming feminine but not camp I thought he did such a great job it was really really cool Um, and yeah can't wait to see what happens next talk to you soon bye oh that was a great 
Enwin always has such lovely things to say. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you very much. And like I said, if you guys want to send us any kind of emails or even voicemails, just record it on your phone or uh, and send it our way, and you could be featured on the show. Yeah, it's so easy. If you've got an iPhone, they got that really cool voice memo app. So if you want to leave us a voicemail and send it in and you record yourself and, and if you're anything like me, you might goof or you're like, oh no, I didn't like what I just said. <laughs> you can totally just delete it and completely start over. It's not like just calling in and leaving a voicemail and going, oh my God, I, I did not sound so great on that. I wish I could redo it. Voice memo <laughs> Why app. Why did I keep talking about the Orgy Island? Hi. <laughs> unlike, and unlike Sean, you can edit yourself. and. <laughs> And you can just redo it. So yeah, definitely utilize that voice memo app. It's so cool. And just email that to us. Um, We'll leave the email in the show notes as always. Uh, We love to hear your voices. I mean, I love all the feedback that we get, but when, um, when you guys leave us an actual voicemail, like, like Enwin does, um, she is so lovely. And of course, it's my own personal requirement that if you listen to us and you have an accent, I don't care if it's a Southern accent or British accent. Irish, Scottish, um, Australian, um, our lovely Anwen is from New Zealand. Um, you're, you're kind of required to call in and leave a voicemail because I have a thing for accents. Um, so yeah, I'm just telling you that if I haven't said it enough before, um, I'm nutty for it. So thank you guys so much for the wonderful feedback that, that you have given us and for following along with us on Altered Carbon. It's a, I love getting the feedback and some insight and help from you guys and helping us unwind and unweave that spider web. So um, thank you, everyone. And we've also gotten some really great feedback. Um, I had it out there on our social media, um, asking you guys uh, for responses on what you what show you think Sean and I should cover next. And everyone's been super awesome about that. Everyone's been really engaged. So I want to thank you again for that. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the 10th and final episode from Altered Carbon titled The Killers. Wow. So as a cornered Kovach braces for a final showdown in the sky, a new hero emerges and more buried secrets come to light. Oh, no. There's more. <laughs> and the new hero. More secrets on the finale. <laughs> Damn it. So as Rima mentioned, with Altered Carbon coming to an end next episode, we are going to announce next week the next show that we're going to be covering for uh, Strange Indeed. Um, I think we're still kind of playing it out, but I know Rima's doing Legion and a couple other things, so we'll probably go to it every other week um, once we start covering our next show. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, we'll kind of fill it out for a little bit, but um, it's we're temporary. definitely excited. Yeah, we're yeah. Once in, once uh, Legion's over, we'll probably jump back into a weekly uh, schedule. But um, we're very excited to announce our next show. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm going to it's it's out there, but I'm probably just going to bump it back up for everyone and just remind everyone if you haven't yet had a chance, you can email us uh, what you'd like to do um, on our Facebook page. I've given you guys some options of some things that Sean and I have come up with that we find kind of interesting that we might uh, be interested in covering next. But I've also left a fill in the blank. So if there's something listed or that we don't have listed that you'd like to have us covered um, or have us cover next, then feel free to chime in and let us know. I'm compiling the results as we speak so you get a voice in this because we do this you know in part for you guys and uh we want you guys engaged with us so we'll put that back out there so until next time we are so excited for you to choose a sleeve with us uh man woman blonde brunette beard preferable if you're a guy for me <laughs> um but until then you can follow us on twitter at strange tcast. 
You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. Yeah, and you can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Dead cast, which the season finale is this Sunday. So you can find those in a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. Yes, please do. And make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. There's a big one coming out soon. Yes, we are going to record episode 200 with Rima Joe and Jason tomorrow, and that will be coming out on the 21st, I think. Whatever that Sunday is after the 15th. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm a little, a little scared, a little nervous, but it's okay. There's, that's what they invented alcohol for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our episode 33, Rage in Heaven. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Mark Wesley is strange indeed. So you used Bancroft for his influences of you in court. It took planning, being ready to leave at the perfect moment. Force him to do what I wanted. Once he'd slaughtered two Neo-C-coded whores, he had as much to lose as I did. He did what I told him. Derailed 653. What happened next, I couldn't predict. He has an archaic streak. You'd call it honor. The fool wanted to forget. As if that would make him clean of what he'd done. He slagged his own stack. His arrogance wouldn't let him believe he killed himself. He insisted he was murdered. Wouldn't let it go brings us to you.